All right, news roundup information overload hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. I mean, you could go back to the Oklahoma City uh, bombing, the federal building there, and Tim McVeigh. And remember, Bill Clinton, uh, you know, you can blame these guys for Rush Limbaugh on radio, blah, 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 which is total BS. Conservatives don't support, conservatives support law and order, safety and security, and no conservative that I know would support doing uh, any act of terrorism in any way, shape, manner, or form. Anyway, so we watched this this horror unfold over the weekend, this Texas synagogue, this hostage crisis, and I, I was watching the comments, and I, I was, I was kind of shocked, to be honest with you. Even the brother of the Texas synagogue, terrorist reveals that he had a criminal record even questioned why this guy was given a visa but let's put that aside for just a second um and you know it's all hostages all are alive and safe i was glad when governor abbott was able to tweet that after hours after the old uh, ordeal it's a british national um what we've also learned about it is that UK police are arresting others in connection with this investigation. What I couldn't understand is why the FBI on social media, after an official goes out there and, you know, you have a hostage taking demands in a synagogue. It's not specifically related to the Jewish community. The FBI is now an organization solely focused on destroying the domestic enemies of the Dem- what what is this uh, the domestic enemies of the country so on and so forth um and then Biden wouldn't say the Islamic radical took over the Texas synagogue obviously it's rooted in in anti-semitism you don't have to be a genius i mean only this weekend did the ayatollah which has repeatedly in Iran threatened to wipe Israel off the map and off the face of the earth. Did he finally get banned from Twitter? I thought that only happened to Donald Trump. Now, Ami Horowitz has gone out there repeatedly and done man on the streets. You know, he, for example, once raised money for the for the Taliban at UC Berkeley. Um, he asked people in Berkeley and Harlem about voter ID laws if they're racist. He's, he does all these man on the streets. He, one in particular caught my attention. We'll play a little bit of it here. Um, and these were anti-Semitic comments by students and faculty, in this case, at Duke and in North Carolina. Listen. I'm Ami Horowitz, and I'm here on the campus of the University of North Carolina, where UNC and Duke are holding a joint conference on the conflict in Gaza. So I came here to get a sense of the perspectives of the people attending the conference. This was a major conference with hundreds of students, professors, and administrators who spent a weekend bashing Israel and whitewashing the terrorist organization Hamas. If it only stopped there. This is a professor who I asked about her views on the spate of attacks in New York by black teens on Jews and synagogues. Blacks have a lot of also reason to be angry at Jews now. The conference wouldn't allow me to film inside, so my sound guy set me up with a hidden mic. With very little prodding, the veneer of being anti-Israel in an effort to hide their hatred of Jews was easily scratched away and devolved into open anti-Semitism. I first asked them about the most powerful modern anti-Semitic trope. Does Jewish money control U.S. government policy? U.S. government yeah. policy? Oh, yeah. absolutely. You guys, not you guys. Yeah. Jewish lobbyists are very rich. And the Jewish lobby is influencing our government and how that's changing U.S. policy. That's, yeah, that's why I'm directly annoying wow. for everyone. With you on that one. <laughs> They're influencing our politics. You know, the, and the money rules the world. Yeah. No, meaning like, um, 
makes a decision. I appreciate yeah. your courage. Oh, this is interesting what you are doing. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Impressive. I'm Jewish. I don't know. Is yeah, it- I, I could already tell. You didn't have to tell me. <laughs> I don't I'm think it's interrupt because all. it keeps going on the same way. And Ami Horowitz is a documentarian here to discuss. I mean, this happens all the time. Now, if it's a shooter in a ball field that's a Bernie Sanders supporter, nobody blames Bernie Sanders. I certainly wouldn't. But if there's, you know, if it's January 6th, you, you can't even have a discussion. Donald Trump can say, many of you will now walk peacefully and patriotically to the Capitol so your voices can be heard. And now we discover that he, he, two days prior to January 6th, after a summer of 574 riots that left dozens of Americans dead, thousands of cops injured, billions in property damage, knowing tensions were high post-election, knowing hundreds of thousands of people were coming to D.C., knowing that they were going to march on the Capitol, knowing that there's always bad actors and big crowds, um, he did the right thing as required by law, and he authorized calling up 20,000 National Guard troops. Well, then the chain of command goes to Nancy Pelosi, Muriel Bowser, Nancy Pelosi working with the sergeant of arms. But according to the head of the committee, Benny Thompson, Nancy Pelosi's off limits. We're not going to we're not going to bring her in. We're not going to demand her phone records, her emails, her text messages. The same with the sergeant of arms, the same with the mayor of D.C. Well, why didn't they accept the 20,000 troops? If you had 20,000 troops there that day, guess what? January 6th never happened. Anyway, uh, Julie Kelly, political commentator, senior contributor to American Greatness. Ami Horowitz, welcome both of you. Why is there this mysterious reluctance and resistance to admit what is, you know, virulent anti-Semitism on many occasions, Ami? Uh, The answer is actually quite easy, is, is that Jews don't rank high on the intersectional hierarchy, right? Jews are the powerful ones. Jews are the rich ones. Therefore, they're not the victims. They're the victimizers. They got their money because they stepped on other people, right? That's the way this thing works. As you know, Sean, I've reported on your show many, many times. I have been embedded with all different types of anti-Semites, right? The KKK, Islamic radicals, leftists. And the reality is, does anti-Semitism exist on the extreme right? Of course it does. But they're not a large group of people. They're actually a minuscule type of group of people. The growth in anti-Semitism comes from three sectors. Undeniable. It comes from radical Islam, the left, and unfortunately, many in the black community. That's where most of the anti-Semitism resides. And the fact they don't want to admit this is because they don't want to admit that their allies could be involved with this. What would happen if, say, a white supremacist walked into a synagogue and attacked it? Oh, wait, that happened. The Tree of Life synagogue. It took them five seconds to say this guy's a white supremacist this is white supremacy five seconds for it right but like you said biden came up with this guy talk about he's i think his length he's replaced orwell in terms of linguistic cynicism to say the words he used were there's not sufficient information to know why he targeted it he even said we don't know why he used anti-semitic language what I mean, this is insane. This is a guy who Rittenhouse, not to compare Rittenhouse with a terrorist. Rittenhouse was in, in his right. But when Rittenhouse defended himself 
in Wisconsin, again, five seconds for him to label him a, a white supremacist. It's because they don't care about Jews. They never have, or maybe they have in the past, but they don't anymore because it's all about the intersectional hierarchy and Jews don't rank high. That's what it comes down to, Sean, straight up. You know, it's we see the rise of virulent anti-Semitism all throughout Europe again, which should scare everybody. We've seen it in the Middle East. Israel's been surrounded by, you know, enemies, Hamas, Hezbollah, uh, etc., for a long time. Um, and, and, you know, when somebody is attacking a synagogue and using anti-Semitic language, Julie, it's not that complicated to figure out, is it? Well, it's not, but it, it kind of creates a problem for a DOJ and FBI who insist that domestic violent extremists, i.e. Trump supporters, pose the greatest threat to the homeland. You had the head, Matthew Olson, just four days before this attack, testify before the Senate uh, about the threat of domestic terrorism, said, and this was under a January 6th, one year later, domestic care um, hearing before the Senate Judiciary Committee. Matthew Olson, head of the National Security Division, said that he's opened up a domestic terrorism unit. So this is going to be part of what I write about in my book, which is the escalation of the Biden regime's um, a war on terror against the political right. Matthew Olson basically admitted it when he's opening up this new unit. Um, also, furthermore, Sean, he could not answer questions about how many potential terrorists have entered the country through the southern border. He had no answers for that. He's not visited the southern border. He has no data on that, but he sure can tell you a lot about people who entered the Capitol building peacefully for 15 minutes, took a selfie, and walked out. That's where our national security apparatus is right now. It's been turned on Republicans, conservatives, people on the right. And meanwhile, any legitimate threat, foreign terrorist threat, is now immediately downplayed by the FBI. Quick break. More with Julie Kelly. Ami Horowitz, documentarian on the other side. Then your calls, 800-941-SEAN, as we continue this Monday edition. We continue with Julie Kelly, political commentator. She got a book out, by the way, on January 6th soon. I'll tell you more about that. Ami Horowitz, documentarian, is with us. Julie, how can you possibly have a real investigation that has any real integrity that shows a genuine a, a genuine desire to prevent what happened on January 6th from ever happening again. I'd like to see a committee on the riots of 2020 that, you know, Kamala Harris is tweeting out support uh, for for bail funds for people involved in this. And she's going on Stephen Colbert saying they're not going to stop. They shouldn't stop. We're not going to stop. Blah, blah, blah. You better take note. You better beware. I mean, she's saying all of this, but there's no commission looking into this. But how do you have a commission if you want to prevent it from happening again? As as at legally required, Donald Trump authorizes 20,000 troops. Why didn't Pelosi, along with the sergeant at arms, along with the D.C. mayor, um, why didn't they listen to the president and listen to the Capitol police chief who requested troops himself six separate times? and call up the guard, which would have prevented anybody from going in the Capitol that day. Well, because the committee isn't about preventing this from happening again, because these are the same people who were responsible for what happened on January 6th. Whether it's Nancy Pelosi or the mayor of Washington, D.C., or the FBI. I, why do you say they're responsible? You mean responsible by not anticipating what 
what could likely happen when you have hundreds of thousands of people coming off a summer of rioting, knowing tensions in the country are high and knowing bad actors are in every big crowd? Well, I think that is the number one question. Why did they leave the Capitol uh, intentionally unsecure? But at the same time, now we know hundreds of special FBI forces, agents and informants were deployed to the Capitol that morning and that day. They had been stationed at Quantico the weekend before. Elite forces such as the hostage rescue team that took out this, uh, this terrorist the other day. Why were they stationed at Quantico? Why were they deployed to the Capitol, entered the building with the first protesters who breached that building? Why were they infiltrated? But we don't know who they were. They weren't identified. And at the same time, you... Do you deny well, I'm, not, I'm not sure who was involved. I don't know. I know that Ted Cruz brought this up last week. The one question I did have, though, is we know that people were pre-positioning the day before certain items to be used on the day of the march to the Capitol. Whatever happened to those people? Right. Where is the pipe bomber who allegedly set explosive devices outside the RNC and DNC? Right. And, oh, just right. So that's just one of the many unanswered questions. And when I say that they don't want to prevent something that they're responsible for, these are the unanswered questions that should raise a lot of skepticism in people's minds that what they saw on January 6th was not really as it initially was portrayed. Well, I think that it can't, we can't have our institutions ever attacked. We, we have to keep protect all elected political figures. That's my view, strong, my strong view. Uh, but Ami, I mean, it's nothing to me but a sham committee with a predetermined outcome if they're not going to bring in Pelosi, the sergeant at arms, and the mayor of D.C. No, look, uh, January 6th was, was a, a godsend for the left. I don't think it's going to have any kind of political effect on them at all. I think they're, they've, they've overplayed their hand. But this is exactly what they're looking to do, is create a, a, a sham committee in order to come up with, a, like you said, a predetermined answer, because they already have the answer, right? I mean, look, uh, forget about... Uh, how, uh, no, they already have their answer, but they don't really want... Want to, if you really want to prevent it from happening again, you're going to ask the hard questions. They have no interest in that because that would go against their predetermined narrative. Them and their app. Don't forget their allies in the media. I mean, did you listen to what was going on at CNN on January 6th or MSNBC? I mean, they were calling Congress people that day survivors. They used the word survivors. Okay, I kid you not. TBL, the big lie. They use the term TBL. Their allies have become nothing more, their media allies have become nothing more than spokespeople for the Democratic Party and their narrative, and they are using this to the hilt politically. Now, it's not going to help them. I don't think it's going to look. They are... They're going to have a hurting on this midterm, and they think this is going to help them January 6th. It won't. Nobody cares anymore. All right. Uh, well, if you care, if you care to prevent this from happening again, remember that breach happened within seconds, and every hostile regime on the planet Earth saw the vulnerability. That is very dangerous for this country. And if they, if they have no... They have no desire to get to the truth. I mean, just write your report now. We hate Donald Trump, and then we're done, because it's a waste of our time and money. <clears throat> thank you both. Julie, thank you. Ami, thank you. Quick break. Right back. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. Linda, did you see this? Iranian-backed rebels attack three oil tankers in the in the Gulf. What did I remember when I said, when Donald Trump made us energy independent, we were a net exporter of, of energy. What was one of the main benefits of that? national security we didn't we're not supplying our enemies with funds that's the biggest thing 
Well, that's a big part of it, but we didn't have to worry about the narrow Straits of Hormuz anymore, where, what, a third of the world's oil supply has to pass through. And that means you're you're literally are right next to Iran. Now a suspected drone strike may have sparked an explosion at three of three oil tankers uh, in Abu Dhabi and another fire at an extension of Abu Dhabi International Airport. Yemen's Iranian-backed uh, Houthi rebels claimed responsibility um for an attack deep in the United Arab Emirates. And then we've got newly emboldened. We saw that we we're just talking about this, this synagogue attack. And um, now Fox News is reporting the leader of Iran's Revolutionary Guard Corps is warning revenge for the killing of Soleimani and saying that the death will come from the United States from within the country itself. That's what he said. Yeah. Why weren't they making these threats under Trump? And then what, what is Biden's answer? Did you see what he did? He's lifting sanctions on Iran. I, I would say Biden's not doing anything. Biden's being told what to do. He has no idea what day it is. He has no idea what's going on. It's pretty bad. And the rest of the world knows it. And it's really sad. He's he's getting cognitively worse. It's going to be interesting this week because he's going to hold his first press conference in months. Um, And I, I, by the way, four in the afternoon, you know, when nobody can hear it, watch it, see it. And, you know, it's um. I got to tell you something. L.A. Times, did you see this? They're du- doubling down on mocking the deaths of the unvaccinated. How sick is that? What's really sick is they have crime at an all-time high. They got homelessness at an all-time high. And the homeless are not people who can't find homes. They're drug addicts on the street in these little tents living all over the place, defecating on storefronts. You got a UCLA grad student dead in the streets, 24 years old. And who are we going to thank for that? Newsom? <laughs> Is he going to take any responsibility for that while you're making fun of the not vaccinated? Because I've been very informed now that unvaccinated okay. is a very dumb thing to say because you can't be New unvaccinated. New York City woman killed in a subway attack, right? And we got the new mayor, Eric Adams, saying the subways are safe, that it's only a perception of fear. How many people have been thrown on the tracks by these crazy people down on the subways? Um, Too many. All right. Um, Moses. In New Jersey. What's up, Moses? Welcome to the promised land in New Jersey. I think not. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, what's up, Sean? Thank you so much for taking my call, my friend. Yes, sir. So, the one thing I'm concerned about, Sean, is, you know, God willing, we take back the House, we take back the Senate, you know, back in, in this year after the midterms. But now I'm focused on what is day one in January once we take back the House and Senate? What is that going to look like? Because the Democrats have in place a plan to derail any single Republican candidacy and also even go after each other. You know, what I want to see be Adam Schiff. I want to see also the whistleblower, the identity reveal. I want to see them both under oath and Adam Schiff's entire staff. Because you know what? If, it, if the Republicans... Listen, give, respond, give McCarthy credit. He said people like Swalwell and Schiff uh, are not going to be on the Intel Committee. I mean, you know, Fang Fang and, and the biggest purveyor of election lies and, and conspiracy theories in history is Adam Schiff. He's a congenital liar. Um, and and why he's what? on this January 6th committee. Go ahead. What? Yep. Well, you know, we got to take it a step further. I want to see the Department of Homeland Security secretary has got to be impeached day one. And I want to see him standing tall, testifying. And I want to see what he says next to all the Border Patrol sector chiefs, the one that are dealing with this crisis on the border because of his dereliction of duty. I want to see them both testifying to see what they say. I'm pretty sure the story that those sector chiefs would tell. And the Border Patrol Union leadership, like Brandon Judd, you know, um, Art Del Cuero, I'm pretty sure they would say a different story about how the border is. This is going to happen day one. You know, Nancy well, Pelosi, I want to see her tax records open day one. They got to they be out there. 
See, is Nancy Pelosi. Her portfolio. Well, I'd like to see her, her husbands, and her sons, apparently, you know, making all this money. You know, is it based on in, insider information? I think that's worthy of an investigation. Uh, by the way, you mentioned immigration. Pennsylvania Republicans are drafting a bill to deport Biden's illegals to Delaware, which I'm all in favor of. I'd actually send them all, and Ron DeSantis has done it the same in Florida. I think we should send them all to Washington, D.C., considering Joe's the one that has facilitated the law-breaking and aiding and abetting in the law-breaking. Let him handle it. Let him live in the White House with him. You know what else would be great to see? i got to see Hunter Biden and Tony Bobulinski public hearing testifying under oath, and let's see what they say. Well, the last name was Trump. I think we'd be further along, don't you? Yeah, but you know what? This is chess, not checkers, because the moves were made against the Republicans. The Republicans need to have the backbone and the stones to make the proper moves back, because if not, this is going to be going on in perpetuity. Thanks for the call, Moses. Adam is in Utah. Adam on the Sean Hannity Show. How are you? I have no complaints, sir. How about yourself? Uh, I have some, but I'm not going to. What's the point of whining? Nobody's well, going to give her. Nobody cares. My wife calls me a whiner. Um, the reason for my call today is uh, um, um, I love listening to your show. I listen to it most every day. But uh, uh, the only you. problem I have is that uh, um, you're preaching to the choir. The people that uh, um, should listen to this show are the ones who won't. I didn't say can't. I said won't. Let me let me let me counter what you're saying because we get data regularly radio and tv okay there are things called ratings and we also get analysis of who watches shows we get demographic breakdowns and you'd be surprised the number of people that listen to me that don't agree with me there's a pretty high number and here's let me give you a quick example during the campaign, when I kept saying Joe was weak, frail, and, and a cognitive mess, um, it wasn't particularly popular. A lot of people believed it, but nobody was really saying it. Is that is that pretty accurate in your view? I would certainly say so. You saw it every day. Okay, so now we see his failure on inflation, the economy, on borders, on COVID. We see his failure on energy. Um, we see his failure abroad. Nobody respects him. Uh, he now has a 33% approval rating. A CBS poll, half of America is frustrated with him and his presidency because it's been so disastrous. A majority of Americans say Biden's not focusing enough on inflation. A dire new poll shows 76% of voters who don't like the president and will dislike him more if he passes bill back broke. Um, that was in the in the Quinnipiac poll and the CBS YouGov poll. Um, you got Rasmussen out today. Is his approval index is minus thirty one. His all time worst. Trump's worst was minus twenty six, and Trump had the entire media establishment against him. So it, 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 the message. Look. So some people have asked me, well, why do you often repeat yourself? Because I want everybody to know the real story, the real truth, the real facts, and be able to articulate them to other people on a regular basis. For example, the disaster of Afghanistan. Joe Biden promised he wouldn't wouldn't abandon Americans. For example, open borders, aiding and abetting lawbreaking. Most Americans don't agree with that. Uh, the disaster of inflation and his bad economy. 
Joe Biden calls that the supply chain crisis that he caused the high cost of energy. That means, you know, you're paying another 20, 25, 30 bucks to fill up your, your tank, another thousand bucks to heat your home this winter. And you're paying more for everything you buy in every store. That's him. He has no leverage in Afghanistan, no leverage against Putin, no leverage against President Xi. I mean, so you'd be surprised, especially when it hits, you know, the pocketbook of pocketbooks of Americans, they get pissed and they realize he's failing. See, fake news CNN, actually, it's so god awful that the, even they headlined a big White House story is the Biden presidency doomed. That's their words. So are you you're asking me if I'm preaching to the choir? No, because kind of we're just way ahead of the curve on a lot of these issues. But over time. If, you know, when you just we just stay focused and we keep getting the information out and we keep showing Joe messing up left and right, people get it. Does that make sense to you? It does. Um, can, can I ask you one last thing? Uh, um, he hasn't uh, committed uh, totally yet, but uh, uh, I'm betting that uh, Trump's going to run in 2024. Your prediction? Trump's going to run in 2024. All right. That's that. That was my prediction as well. Thanks, right. Adam. I appreciate it, buddy. You have a good day. Colorado Rex next. Sean Hannity show. What's up, Rex? Uh, I was wanting to talk to you about the injustice of the transplant hospitals up in Denver. Uh, last last year, about a year and a half ago, my oldest son, he's thirty one, started down renal failure from high blood pressure, and uh, he's wow, also that's, he, type that's one diabetic. How yeah. come he has? How come he has such high blood pressure? He did even when he's in high school, Sean. Even playing football, they was testing him out of one fifty four, and he weighed one hundred and fifty five pounds and was tough. And he had high blood pressure rock. with one hundred and fifty five pounds. How tall is he? Five eleven. You're kidding me. Yeah, and now, right now, he's at about one seventy one eighty, which. Ruined his kidneys. About a year and a half ago, we started in on this renal failure. And so they referred us to UC Health up in Denver, a kidney transplant hospital. There's three of them up there. We went in. My wife, my wife, uh, been married to 37 years. She's a virtuous, wonderful Christian woman. Raised three good kids for me. And she, she screened for a live donor. They uh, immediately said, "Oh, congratulations! You, you're matched and everything. Oh, you ain't you ain't been vaccinated, <laughs> you know." So your and son's mom is willing changed. to donate a kidney to your son, yeah, so he can exactly. live. Exactly. And and they, they won't, won't do it. Yeah, they won't do it because they haven't took. She she doesn't want the vaccine, and neither does my son. He's thirty one, and he told me I'd rather die, Dad, and give up my freedom of. I don't want the vaccine. Well, here's what he's at. He's he's got renal failure. He's at nine percent right now. Kidney functions all he's at. He's still working and tired all the time. He's at nine percent. He's he's at renal failure. He has type one diabetes since he was twelve years old. Two of my kids do, my daughter and him. And he's also uh, high blood pressure. Well, that's three pretty good sized strikes to be taken on a experimental vaccine that's causing blood clots and heart attacks and everything else. You know, so he don't want the vaccine. Neither does. Let me, my let wife. me ask you a question, only because I'm running out of time and I want to make sure I get my advice into you. Now, this is what I'm proposing is going to cost you money. 
and I don't know if you have the money to do this. Um, you know, the reason that I push so hard and, and I've taken so much of Dr. Josh Umber, uh, his time is he's got concierge medical care. He's out of Wichita, Kansas, $50 a month for an adult, 10 bucks a month for a child. And he's duplicated this concierge medicine. Uh, and this concierge care, we have access to a doctor 24 hours a day. He negotiates directly with pharmaceutical companies. You pay 95% less. You, you take your medicine out with you when you leave his office. And But there is something that's called concierge medicine. There are doctors that run their own practices that I'm sure you can find one that would do this. And it's going to take some research, and it's prob- and it's it's not cheap. I mean, in many many ways, I have concierge care because I'm going to pay my doctor whatever it's going to cost me, so I don't have to wait out in his his office for ten hours. So I, you pay the freight. There's concierge care you can pay for, but it you know there's a way to do it where the average, where every man and woman in this country could have access to concierge care. Doctor Umber's proved it. Atlas MD, Wichita, Kansas. Look it up. I'm telling you, he's great. But I don't think that's going to be available. There there are concierge surgeons, and I would urge you, if the hospital's not going to do it, and this is life-saving and, and transformative for your son, to find a way, if you don't have money, you know, maybe we start a, a GoFundMe page. People will probably rush to help you. And and if we can help you out, let us, let us know, okay? Well, the, it's like down in San Antonio, Texas, number one hospital on transplant. They're saying, come on, we'll take him. We don't we'll go down there. Use. There you go. Well, that's what we're trying to do, but we got to get the funding. He's on Medicaid, but Medicaid don't go state to state. Now we got to get him on Medicare. How much you know, is the operation? 125 grand to do okay. my wife and him. Do you have a GoFundMe page? Not yet, but we're working on it. <laughs> when you when you get it, I'm going to put you on hold. We'll put it up on our site, okay? And I'll donate okay. myself, too. Okay. All I right? appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'm sorry about your son. He's way, that's yeah. way too young to be struggling with something like that. I'm very sorry. And your wife sounds like a sweetheart and uh, a keeper. Good for you. Quick break. We'll come back. We'll continue. That's going to wrap things up for today. Hannity, 9 Eastern tonight. Set your DVR. Fox News Channel. Senator Marshall will release the documents on Fauci. will join us. Senator Kennedy, we always love having. He'll join us tonight. Uh, Leo 2.0 Terrell. Jesse Waters. Kaylee McEnany. Pam Bondi. Uh, Sarah Carter. Mike uh, Huckabee and more. Set your DVR. Hannity, 9 Eastern. Fox News. We'll see you tonight. Back here tomorrow. As always, you make this show possible. We can't do it without you. We'll see you tonight.